Welcome to Games and Grub. Our guest today is Trini Kuznarek of both NBC Sports Boston and Marquette Class of 1999. A really fun interview. We talked Boston, Milwaukee, her upbringing, and so much more. Hope you enjoy it. All right, Khalid's on the way, so let's talk. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about All right, Games and Grub, we now welcome on a very, very, very special guest. She can be seen these days as a studio anchor, host, and reporter at NBC Sports Boston. She has already been employed by the likes of WEI, MLB Network, Fox Sports Wisconsin, the Big Ten Network, and many others. And to top it off, she is a 1999 graduate of, you guessed it, Marquette University. She is Miss Trenny Kuznarek. Trenny, how are you? Thanks for doing this. I'm well, thanks. It's always weird when I hear the year I graduated because it makes me feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> Young at heart. But it is, it's so exciting to, to have you on the show. Obviously, you love the 414 being born and raised in Wisconsin, Muskego High School and Marquette graduate. So I think I think Marquette students and really college students as a whole will like this one. But just to start, um, I did mention before we started recording a sophomore now, but how much did, you know, your four years of Marquette mean to you? And what's one way that, you know, you think current students could take advantage of theirs? Um, I mean, Marquette was so um, influential on the person that I became, you know, it is like a broadcaster and reporter, but mostly person. Um, I think when I look back now, and obviously I have 20 plus years of uh, hindsight behind me in college, but I loved um, I loved going to a school where people cared about each other and where service was really important. And I think that that um, that experience really led me to wanting to to give back, no matter what I did. And that really shaped that part of my life. Um, journalistically, I, I mean, to me, Marquette was such a great place to go to school because not only did you have a great department, both print and broadcast. And when I was looking at schools and trying to decide where to go. Um, you know, obviously I toured um, University of Wisconsin-Madison as well. And I remember the, the difference between the two tours being so, so starkly um, opposite, where when I talked to kids at Marquette, students at the time, they were like, yeah, we do student TV really early and we can intern at WISN or which is pretty much on campus, you right. know, TMJ, Fox 6, all these places. Um, and then I remember in Wisconsin, the person didn't even like the student guide from the communications department didn't even show up and I remember that was really like, really really yeah and, and listen Wisconsin's a great school I mean obviously I hate the Badgers because I'm a Marquette grad uh, <laughs> right even though there's on my mom's side there's six cousins and four of the six went to and graduated from Wisconsin so oh, a little bleep. bit of a black sheep um but it just I remember I just remember that had leaving such a lasting impression on me that Marquette right from the jump I really cared about people and really cared about the students and prospective students and cultivating those relationships and really showing you what 
the university had to offer. And I, that like that one little thing is something I will never, ever forget. Um, but also, like I said, journalistically, you know, part of the reason I actually went to a state school for a year. All my girlfriends that I like was on the pom-pom squad and cheered with went to the <laughs> University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. And so I went with a bunch of them and we all oh, spent yeah. a year there and I transferred in. Part of the reason I transferred to Marquette, which was a top choice right from the start, but I was a little like, I didn't want to go to school 20 minutes from where my parents lived. Um, but I, I ended up transferring in because I did an internship at Channel 12 at WISN and so many people there were Marquette graduates and they were like, if you go to school at Marquette, you can work here. Like we have jobs for students. And I ended up getting a job at channel 12, my sophomore year of college at Marquette as like a weekend assignment editor, um, weekday associate producer. So it was all behind the scenes stuff, right? Like running teleprompter, ripping scripts, writing scripts, working on the assignment desk, getting dinner for anchors. Um, but it was such a great experience. And to have that exposure at such a young age to, you know, a mid-sized television market and be able to work in that market, that was that experience was invaluable. That's a great point. I think, first, first of all, getting that experience. And then second of all, just how you sort of came to the perspective of going through tours and stuff. Being a tour guide myself, actually, at Marquette, I can relate to a lot of different perspectives that people have because you have to make an impression that first off – yeah with the the people so yeah I actually am bummed now like thinking back on college I wish I would have been a tour guide like what a great way to introduce to um prospective students um what the university has to offer more than just what's on paper right and the degrees you can get and the buildings and the facilities which are all extremely important but what I'll always take from my time at Marquette were are the people that I met and the friendships I mean some of my best friends to this day you know, are my college roommate, um, a girl I was in the broadcasting, you know, department with, um, other people that I, you know, I just, I had experiences at Marquette with, and it's always, even if we've drifted apart in adulthood and gone our separate ways, um, you know, me living on the East coast versus in the, you know, in the Midwest, I, I just have, I love that no matter where I go, like even here on the East coast, when I meet someone who went to Marquette, it is so special for us to like talk about that shared experience. Even if like, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Charlie Pierce who writes for GQ and he's like a political pundit. He's an older, an older gentleman Oh yeah, he lives here. He's, he lives in the Boston area in the new England area. And like, Charlie's old enough probably to be at the very least my father, (laughs) if not somewhere (laughs) in between my father or my grandfather. Um, But it's like, we have this special bond every time. And he's like a big deal in journalism, but every time I see him, anytime Marquette comes up, it's something that draws the two of us together, regardless of like age and generational differences. That's awesome. So, so was it that Marquette or, or earlier that you know, you know, you first got interested in broadcasting, especially in sports. And then when did you sort of decide to finally try to get your foot in the door? Um, so I knew I wanted to be a television broadcaster when I was eight. Okay. Um, I wanted like from the time I was a little kid, I like would interview my parents with like a camcorder or whatever was available in the eighties, uh, which is so weird. Cause you guys weren't even born in the eighties and that's so hard <laughs> for me to wrap my brain around. Um, so I knew from a really young age, but I didn't know I wanted to do sports until I went away to college. Um, uh, because growing up, there weren't a lot of women in sports. Um, there were a few, um, but we didn't have cable growing up. So I wasn't exposed to ESPN like some other girls my age were. Um, so I didn't see the Linda Cones and the Hannah Storms and the Leslie Vissers really early on. Um, and so I actually was at 
the Wisconsin Oshkosh my freshman year in college watching a football game with a guy that I went to high school with another high schooler that went to Oshkosh <laughs> that I followed there and it's we were watching the Packers pub. and um I was complaining about something and we were talking about strategy and he I will never forget it and these weren't his exact words but the sentiment was you should be a sports reporter girls like do that now that's like a thing that girls can do and wow. I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. I love sport. I grew up in a huge sports crazy family, like baseball number one. We used to go to every opening day, all the Brewers games, um, obviously a huge Packers fa um, family. Uh, my family loved Marquette basketball. Like before I was even born, my parents went when they won the 77 championship. They went to the parade. That was wow. the year I was born. And my mom was pregnant with me. And they like pushed their way to the front with my mom, you know, like expanding belly to get through the crowd. So I feel like I was always destined to go to Marquette, but um, I grew up in that environment. It just didn't, you know, I have a friend here always says, you can't, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And I couldn't see it until I was a little bit older. So um, I didn't decide that. And so I interned at Channel 12 uh, in their sports department and learned a ton. Um, and then just sort of set my sights on that because I liked the idea of telling stories and learning about people, but doing it in a way that didn't feel as invasive as local news felt at times. Like when I would go out and intern or go out on stories with local news reporters, like a lot of times you're knocking on someone's door who lost a loved one or did something terrible and, and you have to kind of go and chase them down. And that didn't really vibe with my personality. I was like, can't we just go back to the County Stadium, which is the you know the stadium it was at the time when I was in college. Can I just go back to County Stadium and like talk to the Brewers again? Like this seems like way more fun and uh, and not as depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Used to be County, now Miller Park. Now it's changing again. Yeah, what again. is it? American Family Insurance or something? Yes, it's I think not that's the same. It's it's not. I, I I wholeheartedly agree. But but speaking of working in media, our our first ever guest on Games and Grub last year was Mark Ockerbloom of Boston 25 News, and he spoke a lot about you know the widespread talent in the in the Boston media landscape. And obviously, you have a little bit more of a perspective on the Boston sports media landscape. But but first of all, how much fun is it to work covering Boston sports every day? And also, you know, how competitive and demanding is it? Um, it's I'll take the last part first. It's super competitive, um, just because there's so many entities here, right? You have two newspapers, you have ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, um, television stations. Plus you have two regional sports networks. We have NBC sports Boston, and then we also have new England sports network. So it's like, everybody is trying to find a foothold, um, in the market with a voice. Plus then there's two like FM high powered, highest ratings of any show in the market sports talk radio stations um with the sports hub and weei so it's a great but it's so much fun i mean i love that there is always a push to kind of have a different take like everything now it's, it's there's obviously still like real journalism happening and real reporting and there are people for that but what i do and what a lot of people do now is a pining and so it's a challenge to find like a new angle and a different way to look at something and a different topic, a different way to look at Tom Brady leaving for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And right. I mean, could, I, I could not have picked a better time to come here. I mean, they were obviously right in the middle of the Patriots dynasty, but since, you know, since 2012, they've also had, you know, the 
the Bruins have been to the Stanley Cup finals twice in my time here. Um, the Celtics have gotten better. Obviously, the Patriots have won um, three Super Bowls since I've moved here. Um, and then you've got two more titles, 13 and 18 with the Red Sox. I mean, right. I've done more parades, championship parades, in eight years of living in Boston than I did throughout my entire career in any other market, which is amazing. That's unbelievable. But it's fun. People are really into it here. And it, it also helps, like, because I'm obviously not from here originally, I'm from Wisconsin. It kind of helps you become a part of the fabric of the community. So, like, I live in a really, I live in the Italian neighborhood in Boston. And, like, just yes, like, two days ago, I was walking outside at night. Like, I go out to get some during COVID to get some fresh air. And yeah. a car pulls up and they're like, Trini, hey, how are you? We've been watching. Good to see you and Gary back on TV. So it helps <laughs> you feel like you're part of a community, even though, you know, not from here originally. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, I know the, the sports fans run deep. I know being a guy from uh, Sagamore Beach, right from the Cape, but having that sort of not only in the city, but it stretches out to oh, yeah. the entire I mean, region. New England, right? Like it goes all the way down into Connecticut and all the way up into Maine. Absolutely. So, so I know I, and again, we're talking to Trenny Kuznarek, NBC Sports Boston. I know, I know I said this could bring, you know, a lot of value to, to Marquette students and really college students as a whole, because you have a job in, in reporting, you know, other people's stories and achievements, but I think you have such a unique story yourself, um, not only being from Wisconsin, but in coming coming to New England, a whole other part of the country. But you've also been very vocal about mental health awareness and um, your personal battles and how it's part of your story. Um, I know every single college student listening to this and anyone listening goes through hardships, myself included. But um, how have you dealt with the hardships of not only the past life, but also today during, during COVID-19 and you know, turned it into such an outstanding career? Um, That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think what's helped in the last, since I started talking publicly about it, is just talking publicly about it, right? Like lifting that veil of shame and embarrassment um, of feeling like, am I the only one who feels broken? Like my brain isn't working the same way. Um, you know, I think that's really important. And I'm so glad that, you know, when I was in college, I don't ever remember, I don't even think like mental health was like a term that we used or it was something that anyone talked about where now, and I'm so proud. Another reason I'm so proud of Marquette is I, I feel like they've really been at the forefront of offering services to students and being really thoughtful and mindful about how much, how prevalent it is in our society, especially among young people who are now under, I mean, you know, people have always been under pressure, but I think it's a different kind of pressure now for your generation versus mine. You know, I never had to, I never had to miss something and then go on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok. I don't even know all of them, as Bill Belichick <laughs> would say. You know, you covered most of the bases there. Yes, all of the, all of the, uh, what is I don't even know. He likes to call it like face scan and stuff. You know, like, oh, like Belichick. Belichick loves to make fun of, of social yeah. media, but it's it does make things harder because you can't escape anything, right? Um, and that's really hard in my profession. So I just try my best to minimize, um, what I, what I allow into my, like my social media feeds, um, kind of tailoring it and, and paring it down. And that doesn't mean not being open to people whose opinions are different than mine, but if you're going to use it as an attack platform, I just block you 
or I don't allow comments on certain things. I'm really careful about, you know, how I allow people to speak to me um, uh, in those forums. Um, but for college kids who are just trying to deal with the daily grind, I, and even now with not having like a set schedule, for me during COVID, it's been, for one thing that's really helped is we're still working, we're still putting shows on every night. So Monday through Friday, my, my day is not much different than it would be other than I'm like haven't showered at 117 and normally I'd be at the office by now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, having like a schedule of keep, of like kind of forcing yourself to set the alarm and get up in the morning, um, you know, say from, you know, 10 until one o'clock, I'm going to read or do if you're just, I don't know how you guys are handling if you're still doing school online or where you are at the semester, but from this time to this time, I'm going to do schoolwork. And then I'm going to give myself a lunch break like I normally would. And then I'm going to go for a walk. And if you just like write those things down. And honestly, that's how I live my normal life, even when we're not in COVID. Like I'm a big believer in like writing things down, putting things on a schedule and giving yourself something, some accountability. Um, because I think otherwise it's really easy to like slip into, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, I should work out. Even though we know that exercise and fresh air is so important to our, our well-being. It's right. like, oh, it's, it's raining or I'm tired today, which is fine. Some days you are just tired and you don't want to go do something. But I think, you know, keeping yourself accountable to stuff helps you stay on track and like create habits that are, that are healthy and mindful um, for what you're doing. Absolutely. So you mentioned the exercise and, and the getting, having that part of supporting your mental health. We, um, a couple of us at Games to Grow Up, we call ourselves running novices, I guess. <laughs> but in, in Milwaukee, give us your favorite running route and then give us one sort of universal running tip, whether it's physical or mental, that, you know, you know can give everyone a little extra boost. Uh, easily, I mean, the lakefront, right? Like running along the lakefront in Milwaukee to me is so amazing. It's so beautiful. And then second would be the Oak Leaf Path, which runs parallel, obviously, to Lake Michigan. But those two places to me, like I love when I get come home and I get to run and see the beauty of Lake Michigan on like a clear day and everybody's out there. And even now you can kind of run out into that extension that goes back behind the Discovery World Museum and back kind of behind Summerfest. Right. Like it's so beautiful. And it's like this tiny little urban oasis, um, which I love. Um, so that's my favorite running spot as far as a running tip. Um, I would say good running tip. If you're kind of new to it is take it, like take it slow. I think a lot of people want to go out and they're like, Oh, I'm not at this pace per mile or don't, you know, the most important thing is don't compare yourself. That's actually the best advice I have for runners yeah. because now That's again, back to social media and I'm a big runner. Like I often see everybody's posting their workouts now, even more so than before. And I'll okay. see someone that I run with and I'm like, Oh, you ran your six miles at a seven thirty three pace. Like I only did mine at like an eight fifteen today. What's wrong with me? And then I'm like, no, you know what? I'm not training for anything. I'm just getting out there and going and running and that's all that matters. So do not compare yourself. Running is a great individual sport. You can do it with other people, which is awesome. Even now, if you run with just one other person and stay six feet apart, you can still run with someone else outside. Um, but it's individual, right? Everybody is different. Everyone has their own pace, their own style, their own gait, their own everything. So don't think that you're a quote unquote bad runner because you're not as fast or as slow as somebody else. That's a good one. We'll take that. That's good advice. Um, all right, we've very, got. It took me a while to get there. I couldn't think of it, but <laughs> no, no worries. The we got 
one final rapid fire section. We got five rapid fire, mostly four one four based for nice. you, Trenny. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Favorite Milwaukee coffee shop? Um, it's not called Altera anymore, is it? What is it called now? Is it still Altera? Is it? No, it's the... um, Collectivo. Yes. Right? Yes. It used to be Altera, not Collectivo. Collectivo. Favorite Marquette professor, if you can remember one. Um, okay, so this is a tie. Actually, I'm just going to go with the first one that popped in my head. And she wasn't a broadcasting professor. Is, she, is Heather Hathaway in the English department still there? I don't I know. We'll have to, we'll have to look Hathaway. it up. All right, we did fact check here. Dr. Heather Hathaway is not only still a Marquette, but is today the dean of the Klinger College of Arts and Sciences. So look out for her on campus. All right, back to Trini. She was an English professor for me, and she was she made me love reading and literature in a way that no one else did. That's awesome. Uh, favorite Milwaukee restaurant? It's been a while since I lived there. Okay, so <laughs> I have two. The Nick, which is, I used to work there, so that it's kind of why like, I have great memories. Okay. And also, I don't even know, is La Fuente still open? Like, no, you know what? I'm going to go with what is the really, like, there is, it's not, there is a, like, Mexican place right over by where Iron Horse is. It's, like, across from the, um, and I can't think of the name of it, which is terrible because I love it, but it is, like, paper, what I call paper plate Mexican. Like, you get, like, tacos and burritos and everything is, like, $4, and I love Mexican food, and sorry, but your New England has terrible Mexican food, so I, that's, <laughs> I love to go for that when I get home. There is a plate. We'll have to. I'll have to. Why can't I think of the name of that place right now? Thinking of it by the um, in the rotary, kind of by the third ward. Yeah, Mexican paper plate, super small. Like you come over Sixth Street, you come over like the Sixth Street Viaduct, and you come over, and then you've got like the Iron Horse. I think is would be on like your left hand side. You just keep going. I know exactly the place you're talking about. It's like right. It's like a hole in the wall, like a hole in the wall like they, i think they small. it's definitely still serve like on paper plates and and they're like like their margaritas are in like plastic cups oh we'll have to i'll yeah, have to, have to jump it I'll into this it. i'll think about it i'll dub in i'll dub in the name here right <laughs> right here yes. all right future me again the name of the place we are thinking of is conejitos conejitos place on sixth of virginia right by the third ward in the menominee river just go over that big bridge on sixth street 539 West Virginia Street in Milwaukee. All right, let's get back to rapid fire. Like, right, like an old like, Japanese two. film. Exactly. Last two. Uh, more attractive quarterback, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. It's not even, it's not even close. Wow. All right, last one. Uh, quick trivia. How many marathons have you actually run? Uh, I have run 12. Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I was supposed to run 13 on Monday, but, you know, COVID and everything everything i think that's the perfect place to wrap it up so we'll let you go uh you're hosting early edition every night including tonight at yes. 6 30 p.m eastern on nbc sports boston go check her out there and on twitter it's just at trenny t-r-e-n-n-i that's easy enough and yeah. on instagram at trenny nbcs trenny thanks so much for the time we appreciate it go marquette hey, thanks for having me go marquette so stop
Can we just talk?